you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 144 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, the A's live to fight another day. I'm going to go over some of the big moments from game three and get you guys ready with the plan of attack for game four, so that's what we got on the docket for today. Please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at IJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, got to appease the people that uh, make this all possible. So first, today's show is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They do everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com so let's get right into it. The big takeaway from Wednesday's win is that the A's won. That's uh, that's the big takeaway, obviously. There was a point after the fifth inning when the Astros had just taken a 7-4 lead that looked pretty bleak. Uh, La Stella, Canna, Matt Olson, and Marcus Simeon, they had all hit solo homers, and that just hadn't been enough. Uh, and then they had the bases loaded in the top of the fifth and came away empty. It was looking like same old, same old that we had seen in the first two games. Uh, Houston responded with a resounding five spots in that fifth inning, and uh, that that looked like it could be the game right there. Luzardo gave up a walk and a homer to start the inning, and uh, then he recorded an out on a really weird bunt attempt by Martin Maldonado, who is a catcher, therefore not fast. So uh, thanks for the out, I guess. And then he was replaced by Yusmero Petit, and in that moment I tweeted out that Petit didn't feel like the right choice. He had already gone the first two games, and, uh, you know, Springer had been struggling against lefties, and then you got Altuve, and then you got Brantley. So you get uh, two guys that aren't fair and well against lefties, and then Jose Altuve, whatever. Uh, well, Petit hit Springer with his first pitch, second pitch, one of the first couple of pitches, and then, uh, then he gave up a single to Altuve, a single to Brantley, and that luckily led to an out on the bases, so... Thank you, Jose Altuve, for that one. And then uh, Brigman doubled, and, and then they intentionally walked Carlos Correa. And then Bob Melvin brought in Jake Diekman. So that was fun after the fact and all that stuff. He allowed a single to Tucker to make it 7-4, to four, and then he got Gurriel to ground out. So that was that was nice, I guess. The, the inning was over. Yay! And at that point, I was looking for the A's to not just roll over and give up like we had seen in the first couple of games. Uh, they, they got a Grossman leadoff walk, which was cool, and then that was... A, a, erased immediately on a Ramon Laureano double play, so uh, that that wasn't great. But unlike the past two games, the bullpen really stepped up big those final few innings. They kept the Astros scoreless the rest of the way, and in the seventh inning, Semyon and Lastella singled, and then Chad Pender, hero of the playoffs so far, he hit a dinger. 
tied up that game, made it 7-7, seven to seven, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I think that we all kind of saw the writing on the wall at that point. We're like, oh, he's got a shot here because Astros don't have their bullpen guys going, and uh, the, the A's do. They have a very fresh Liam Hendricks going right now, so that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, speaking of Liam Hendricks, he came in, he shut the door of the final three innings, which is crazy, and he somehow threw fewer pitches than he did in his first outing against the White Sox, so that was fun. And then... Oddly enough, the A's played some small ball and got another couple of runs, and then uh, they, they went by the score of 9-7, to seven. so all in all, I guess that was kind of fun. But even after that big win, there is still uh, some bad news, maybe, I don't know, um, and that is that Lastella got hit by a pitch, and it, it got him in the right elbow area, and they're saying that he has an elbow contusion. Um, not sure if that means that he's going to be able to play. They're saying that uh, he's probably day-to-day at this point. And just real quick, I am tired of guys getting hit by pitches. It is not fun. The a- the Astros seem to do it to the A's all the time. I know that Springer got hit earlier in the game. Uh, obviously, that was just fatigue. And this one seemed like it was just incompetence because, you know, rookie pitchers, meh, shrug emoji. Um, yeah, I-, I know that it wasn't intentional, but if, if this sways this series at all, you know, kind of like that BS catcher's interference call, uh, yeah, it- it's going to be one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, this is just like Jermaine Dye breaking his leg again. Cool. The A's have the worst postseason, like I swear. Uh, anyways, uh, it wasn't intentional, but, you know, it it was reported that he had the elbow contusion, and his status is uncertain for Game 4. Um, Lastella is a big part of the lineup, and so if he does miss time, because the A's do play every day, even if he's day-to-day, uh, we don't know if he's going to be ready for Game 4. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to be in... I don't know that I would put him in the lineup for Game 4, because he was hit on his right arm, and that's his throwing arm for fielding. And uh, he's not the best defender already, doesn't have a ton of arm strength. And if you're dealing with an injury of any sort like that, then I'm just not going to feel confident in his ability to play the field, uh, which he's going to have to do. They're not going to DH him and take Chris Davis out, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, so his ability in the field would be compromised just a little bit, and that worries me. So I don't know that I would put him into the, the lineup in Game 4 if he's available to pinch hit. Have him do that. That'd be fantastic. Um, but I think that, as we saw in game one, one defensive miscue can sway the entire course of the game. I don't know if you want to put him out there with his his throwing arm uh, maybe compromised. So I think that my lineup would include uh, Chad Pender at second, and then you put Jake Lamb at third. That's what I would do. With Jake Lamb, you still got the lefty over there, so you're not getting an imbalanced lineup because of your losing a lefty and putting in a righty or anything like that, so that's definitely a plus. Um, and I, I know that Lastello likes to work counts. He's a grinder like that, but Jake Lamb can do that too. He has a decent eye. He doesn't foul as many pitches off, but he has a good eye, and he's going to take some pitches, and he's not going to go up there hacking, so... Uh, I, I do like that aspect of it. I think that uh, it, it's a loss for sure, but I don't know that it's uh, a huge loss. You know, not not, not like losing uh, Matt Chapman or something like that. I think that you know, hey, they can they can make this work for a game, maybe two games, and uh, you know, the the Astros don't have their their top of the line pitchers going right now, so maybe Listella's absence won't be as big and prominent uh, with you know lesser pitchers, quote unquote, uh, going out there for the Astros. Um, I will say that, you know, maybe Nate makes it into the game a little bit later as a defensive replacement. He's more of a defensive guy. 
And I don't know that you'd want to start him necessarily because I feel like he'd be more of a hole on the offensive end, whereas Jake Lamb can play fairly good uh, third base and Chad Pinder can play fairly good second base, whereas uh, Nadorf is mostly defense and not a lot of bats. But moving along, after watching this game, I feel pretty decent about the A's chances right now. Again, uh, you know, going into yesterday's game, I was like, just got to win game three. We'll move on from there. I like the chances uh, in this game. Got to win game four. And then I like the chances uh, a lot more in game five with the, the kitchen sink game, as I'm calling it. So I'm going to go over some of the pitching matchups. Uh, we don't know who's starting for the Astros, but I'll give you a rundown of who they could be throwing out there because they just need to accumulate innings. So I'll give you guys some of those names and uh, all that stuff. And I'm going to give you guys some things that the A's need to do to make sure that there is a Game 5 for us to be excited about. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I'll be right back. This show is also brought to you today by Postmates. When you need booze at 10 a.m., booze at 12.30, and then booze when the A's uh, aren't winning, and then a celebration cake later in the afternoon, all you got to do is Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service you need all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They are the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where that store is. All you need to know is that Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS and Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That is one word, LOCKEDON, for $100 of free delivery credit in your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need... Anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download the Postmates app and save with code Locked On. One word. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And if you're already subscribed, please take a minute and leave us a rating and a review if you could. Very much appreciate it. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So as of right now, we are past midnight on Wednesday going into Thursday. Uh, the Astros have not announced their starter. So uh, we don't know who they're throwing. So I had to do some digging. I had to read an article. And uh, Jake Kaplan over at The Athletic, he is the Astros beat writer. He threw out some names. Uh, it's looking as though Zach Cranky is a possibility, perhaps. But I don't know that he is because I feel like they would have thrown him by now. Maybe his arm's better. I think that his arm's tired uh, because he's old, which was a, a worry that you know, baseball people had about the Astros rotation heading into the season. And then one old guy got Tommy John, that's Justin Verlander. And then one old guy has tired arm because of oldness. Uh, so that's that cranky. Anyways, uh, best best of luck to both these guys and their recoveries. Anyways, if he does actually end up pitching, I, I don't feel like he's going to be much of a deterrent for the A's. I feel like they can hit him. And uh, I'm not necessarily scared of Zach Granke, who hasn't been pitching effectively recently and is also suffering through some sort of an injury. So uh, I, I think that the A's can get to him if they decide to throw him. Um, one option that is, you know, widely known and probably going to get the bulk of the innings in this game if uh, everything goes to the Astros plan is Christian Javier. He threw an inning in game one and he tossed 25 pitches. He didn't allow any runs or anything like that. He, uh, he walked one and didn't allow a hit, but 
14 of his 25 pitches were strikes, which means 11 of them were balls, which means he wasn't locating. And so that's a plus, even though they didn't get to him. If you're going to see him for three or four innings, you can get to that guy. Also, the A's have faced him a couple of times in the regular season. He's had at least eight innings pitched against them, and they've hung seven runs on him. So uh, I'd like those odds just a little bit. Uh, Obviously, the first outing was a lot better for them. Uh, He went three innings, gave up five. The other one uh, reversed that. Uh, Do the rest of that math. Anyways, so he's probably going to get the bulk of the innings, and I don't think that anybody's going to be mad about that from an A standpoint. Um, Some other guys that... Jake Kaplan said would be uh, they could use Luis Garcia, and I don't remember them facing Luis Garcia, but they did, and that happened on September 9th. He allowed one hit on five innings and walked two. Maybe that's why I don't remember it is because it was boring and I didn't like it. Um, Anyways, he hasn't pitched since September 27th, and he's thrown three innings over the last three weeks, so he's had success against Oakland, but... Is he going to be a little bit rusty? Is he going to be able to locate his pitches? Again, I think he's a rookie, so that's a plus. Uh, and is he stretched out enough to give them any sort of length? Is he going to be there for one inning, two innings? I That's probably the most that you're going to get out of him. And if you got Christian Javier for three, maybe four, and then this guy for one or two, you still got some innings. And uh, are you going to use Enola Paredes and Ryan Presley in any spot? Or is it just going to be if you have a lead? How's it going to go? So, uh I think that the A's are going to have to score early against these guys to uh, set up their best chance to, one, win the game, and two, set them up nicely for game five. So with those two guys being the main guys in his assumption, my assumption, by extension, um, if the Astros have a lead in the sixth, are they going to just try and get two innings out of Anole Paredes and Ryan Presley? Is that going to be their game plan? Do they have enough other guys to get them from the sixth through the ninth? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Please throw a Sysneed in this series. That'd be fun. He's like my my Mike Fires for them. Uh, I want to see Sysneed. Bring him in, please. That'd be great. Thank you. But going back to Presley and uh, Paredes, they both had game three off and if Houston sees an opportunity to clinch, they're likely going to start using their big guns to try and make that happen. So uh, if you want to win game four, you probably want to stay away from them, even though they're on shorter rest and might be a little bit more fatigued. I think uh, avoiding them is probably the best option for right now. Uh, but I do want to point out that even though it is a very small sample size, that every time Paredes pitched uh, two days in a row, the next time he came out to pitch, no matter how many days in the future it was, he allowed at least a run, usually without completing an inning. So I don't know that he's going to be able to give them much length, and he might be hittable. So that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, to that point, if you're Dusty Baker, you really want to use Presley if it's going to secure the series and in no other circumstances, you don't want to throw them in a close game. If you're down by a run or if you're just trying to hold, you know, a tie or something like that, you want to throw them to close out the game because he is your best guy. And if you use him in game four and he, and it's, there's a game five anyway, then he's going to have pitched in four of five games. And I don't think that he is that kind of a reliever. He is not a bulldog reliever like Herculeum Hendricks. He, uh, he he needs his rest. He needs his naps, you guys. And to be clear, that is shots fired at Ryan Presley, not at naps. Naps are wonderful. Ryan Presley, uh, I, I wish you the best in life, but not in this series. Um, so moving over to the A side of things, Frankie Montas is getting the start, which is not surprising at all after Jesus Cesardo went in game three. Uh, he started three games against the Houston Astros this season, going seven innings and allowing just two hits on August 8th three in the third innings and allowing five runs in Houston on August 29th. And then he went five innings and gave up two earned runs in his final start against them on September 8th. So he's got 
a lot of experience against this club, and uh, I think that he's going to be closer personally. I think he'll be closer to the first and the third outing against the Astros just because uh, he wasn't throwing with authority in that middle start, and now he is. And even he wasn't even throwing with the authority that you know we're seeing these last couple of outings. Uh, in that third start, and he still shut them down. Well, not shut them down, but, you know, two runs over five innings. Not that bad. Also, Derfinov has, that he's facing right now because uh, the bats have woken up a little bit. But I think that if Montas is on his game, then he can, you know, keep shutting him down or at least keep it close. He's, he's going to keep him down a little bit, and that's all that I'm really going for at this point. Um, two batters that have given him a hard time this year are George Springer, shocker, and uh, Michael Brantley. Springer did most of his damage in that middle game where... Hendrick, or when uh, Montas wasn't necessarily at his best, but he's still three for five on the season, so that's a 600 batting average. Uh, Michael Brantley tagged him for two doubles and a home run in that final start, so he's probably somebody you want to keep an eye on a little bit. Uh, Bregman, Correa, and Altuve do not have a hit against him, so that's that's a nice little thing to keep an eye on. Uh, so for game four, I think that the A's path to success is a solid start for Montas. Yesterday on the podcast, I said that Luzardo just needed to keep the A's in the game, and he did that. It was a tie game when Petit came in. He gave up the lead a little bit there. and uh, But, you know, I think Luzardo did his job. I know that it wasn't a great stat line by any means. Uh, four and a third and gave up four in runs. But, hey, he's he's still okay. They got the bullpen to do it. And if they can win the series, uh, you know, he gets another chance to redeem himself. So I- I'm all for it. Um, on Thursday, I think Montas is going to have to be a little bit better. He's going to have to, whatever the A's give him on offense, he's going to have to keep the Astros a couple of runs below that at least. So if the A's give him, you know, five runs, he's going to have to keep him at two, maybe three runs because you really don't want to see Paredes and Presley coming into the game. If you do, I mean, you can still hit them, obviously, but uh, I think that you want to try and keep them out of this game to give you your best chance of winning this game, and then you see what happens in Game 5. So just real quick, how are the A's going to be scoring some runs? With Christian Javier, really the only guy that we can kind of count on seeing. Uh, I'm going to look at his stat line against the A's this season. Uh, his batting average against is pretty solid, uh, against the A's, that is, at 212, but he's allowed an on-base percentage of 333, which, you know, is pretty good. That's not bad. I'll take that for sure. And his OPS allowed to the A's is 10 30. League average is like 730 this year. That's ridiculous. And the reason it's ridiculous is because the A's batters have touched him up for five home runs and 33 at-bats. Robbie Grossman is two for three with one of those homers. Sean Murphy is one for two with a homer. Uh, Matt Olson is one for four with a homer. And then the other two came from Lostella, who I don't think will be playing. And uh, Matt Chapman also has a homer. And uh, man, I miss seeing that guy play. Um, just because I'm going to throw it out there. Tony Kemp has actually fared well against him too. He went one for one with a double and two walks. So I'm not sure that we're going to be seeing him play necessarily, but you know, it's just something to keep an eye on. He hasn't played since September 27th. So, uh, he's probably a little bit rusty and I don't know that I want him in a, uh, winner go home game. Um, the weather in Los Angeles for the day is supposed to be 72 with some clouds at first pitch and the clouds are going to disappear around one o'clock. And then, uh, the high is going to be 75 for the day. And that is scheduled for between two and 4 PM. So, uh, you know, when, the A's are, you know, dominating, and hopefully that doesn't have any impact on the Astros making a comeback. So uh, that's what we got. We'll see if it, you know, affects the A's homer happy offense at all. Um, I feel like if the A's do win today, though, that my guess is that we're going to see Bassett for a couple of innings, Wendelkin for a couple of innings, and then Petit, Diekman, Soria, and Hendricks. That's probably the way you want to draw it up. Mike Miner could probably 
eat up another inning if you need them to. And just to be clear, this is all for Game 5 if the A's do win Game 4. So uh, I, I think that that's probably the way you want to go with it. Um, Melvin's probably going to try and give Miner as much rest as he can after pitching in Games 1 and 2. I don't think that Petit's going to be getting into Game 4 at all after pitching in Games 1, 2, and 3 and not looking good in Game 3. He needs some rest, so... Hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets that rest. Um, I think that that group of pitchers, you know, for me in that game five scenario that I just laid out, gives me a lot more confidence than the group that Houston has. So the offense is going to have to get going and show up again on Thursday, maybe throw a crooked number up there early, get that win. And then uh, we'll see what happens in this kitchen sink game. But uh, anyways, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. I'll be live tweeting with you guys. Uh, so follow us at Locked On A's and uh, live tweet with us and uh, have some fun. So... I'll be back to talk about Game 4 tomorrow, but uh, until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. Let's uh, let's tie up this series and force a deciding Game 5, and I'll talk with you guys tomorrow.